Hello, welcome to another episode of Content Breaker. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about iconic black characters in animation. Gentlemen, what is up? What's going on? What's going on with y'all today? I mean, I don't know. Life's Why not? great. You okay? You, okay. Yeah. I don't know. You, that too, question was too introspective for me for some reason. Like it okay. was simple. <laughs> it was like I, deep. I get that though. I get that though. It's, like, it's a uh, normal question, but you're just like, "What's the extra like, angle? What's the?" So this is a loaded the, question. So much is going <laughs> on, but at the same time, not a lot is going on. Like this is a heavy question, man. What's going on? What's going on? It's a Tuesday. It's the first day of February, so we're talking about. Uh, something really important for black history, how black uh, characters are really featured in animation. Of course, we have the squad here. We have, of course, Static Dreads, hey. myself, Kaiju Kels. We have Zog, and of course, Strangely Entertaining. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, first of all, quick shout out to Ugly Nerd and Kendrick Baldwin TV for Reaching out and commenting on our Eden Zero podcast. We saw you. We appreciate you. And thank you. And hopefully you continue to support us. Greatly appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback. Boop. Always. 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 So, gentlemen. Yes. Who are we exactly are we talking about uh, in today's podcast? And I'm just going to start. I'm going to go ahead. Um, well, okay. Oh, uh, no, no, no. So, like, recently. Hey, you want a question with an immediate like, answer? Yeah, I so love yeah. it. Here's a question, rhetorically. I'm starting this whole What's thing. What's your off. opinion? <laughs> Screw your opinion. Trying to get That's the podcast rolling I, here. But, yeah, t- go on, go on, go on. So, growing up, you know, we had, um, we grew up in a time where, you know, representation, media, and all that stuff. Um, like, maybe they were like, it was starting to be like a transition period, I feel like. So, a couple of characters that we can definitely start talking about. Uh, one of them was uh, Elisa Maza from Gargoyles. Apparently, she is uh, Native American and African American. Yeah, it's, it's which cool. blew my mind. First of all, shout out to Gargoyles for that being an absolute banger of a Western animation, aka cartoon. And shout out to like the voice actors for doing a great job. And that was like kind of. Disney's answer to Batman. So it was like a dark, gritty series. And seeing her being like a cop on the ground in Manhattan, I believe. It was just some part of New York. I think it was Manhattan. And her Probably. just going like totally like her just like literally keeping pace with like these mythical creatures of gargantuan support like proportions and just absolutely crazy. So that was what's up. You know, falling off buildings, climbing back up buildings. You know, always meeting on top of that castle up in the... Who puts a castle on top of a building? Well, that's really cool. Someone castle trying to break sky. a curse, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Just like... Wizard of Oz. trying to break a curse. Um, <sighs> sky High. Um, there's there's not a, a lot castle. of castles. It's not a castle. It's kind of a castle. It, the school looks it's like a castle. It's a high school. It's shaped like a castle. School. No, it's Rapunzel. not. Rapunzel. Um... But I mean, single tech, tower tech. on the ground, <laughs> but it's high enough. It's in the sky, whatever, man. Uh, but no, strange. I, 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 I agree with your perspective of kind of where this transition fits, because we go from, um, you know, having uh, black characters featured as a a side character mm-hmm. or an augment to the main character. Um, I'm thinking 
uh, which is a great opportunity in terms of, uh, you know, exposure uh, to, to a variety of people. I'm thinking like, hey, Arnold. Um, I'm thinking um, something else. Gerald? Mainly, hey, Arnold. Yeah. Gerald from hey, Arnold? Um, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we got hey, oh, we got Arnold and we got Gerald. Yeah. Who's the best friend? Yo, who's in Was like, Alex Black in Totally Spies? Or was she just really tan? No, I don't. I, I feel thought like she was like an Indian or something I'll like take that. It. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, I mean, we could always look. Oh, it up. she could be Hawaiian for all I know. <laughs> she's just dark. <laughs> she's just darker than now. the other two. True, but like um, notably so. So, and yellow complements skin tone, darker skin tones really well. So I'm like, hey, you know, we don't know though. Like there was that scene I'm where not. she got electrocuted and she got an afro. So like that's one of the things that like I sit late at night and ponder. <laughs> like we never needed to know, is so that, we didn't. Is that how her hair naturally is? So apparently, it's never completely stated whether she's uh, black or Hispanic. Okay, perhaps, perhaps Afro Latina. She's balling. Um, so that's maybe, all about yeah. it, I guess definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, you know, a, a character that happens to be. Um, you know this, uh, but then we we as we go on through the early to late two thousands, we move into shows like um, you know, the Green Lantern, where we've got John Stewart, we've got uh, Static Shock. Listen, you know, we're just not gonna brush over these two goats, right? We're away. not. We're not. We're <laughs> setting. I, I, the I know scene. we're coming back, but yes, you're right. We go into the early. All right, tell me about. Both of these wonderful WB characters. Okay, first of all, goat clap for two goats. Um, mm. the voice of John Stewart, Phil Lamar. Wait, it was Phil Lamar, right? I'm pretty sure Phil M- yeah. Lamar voiced both of them. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, <laughs> Phil Lamar, the goat. Um, uh-huh. and Dwayne McDuffie, who had a part in both of these shows, also the goat, also a strong black king. Appreciate you. Um, R.I.P. But like these characters were so pivotable. Pip, pivotable. Wow. Pivotal. Pivotal. I'm Pivotal. nervous. They're crushed over the greatness. <laughs> but you know, like, especially for someone who grew up in like the kind of like environment the static shock was set in, like, you know, in the big inner city and seeing the different options you have as someone who looks like, I mean, I even have dreads, you know, static Virgil had dreads. He's one of the first characters with dreads, mind you. Fun fact. Um, I mean, other than that being like a family trait, that's definitely also influenced by your time having watched Static Shock. Yes, <laughs> even though the rest of my family had it, I still did it because of Static Shock. Um, probably. Don't tell so my what were you gonna family do, that. What were you going to do before then? Do you know? Or you just... I had a huge afro um, that oh, we're okay. not going to talk too. about. Shut up, Strange. <laughs> no, I did. I'm going to find pictures. I'm going to show y'all. <laughs> oh, people said we I had an afro. Not. People still said I had. An I did see your fine. wedding photos. Just... You did indeed have an afro. Like <laughs> you look like Alex when she got electrocuted and totally spies. Um, but white. Anyway, so um, <laughs> now Static was a super important character. Like you know, a show is important when there's like a special at the end of it. I remember the gun episode where like the bully bought a gun, and that was the episode where Richie got shot. And then there was like a whole cutaway. It was like, hey, kids, isn't it cool to do this? If you see someone with a gun, you uh, tell somebody. And I was like, yo, we getting real knowledge. And then the next week, Shaq thing. came on and told us how to play basketball with Jackie Chan. It was wild. Like, WB was on some other stuff. But Static Especially being the main. early seasons. <laughs> yes. Yes. But Static being the main character of his show, going with these heavy themes, like even themes of racism 
or like just identity or the loss of a parent or trying to do the right thing, you know, it was giving us that with great power comes responsibility, but showing us instead of telling us. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think it was one of the latter seasons where Static had like a breakdown and told his dad, yo, I'm Static, to where we really got that like guardian figure advice from like a parent that we got with like the Spider-Mans or the other shows that just kind of set it up beforehand. Um, and also John Stewart had a crossover with static, like the yep. fallen idols episode. I remember I was going to, I was about to bring ones. that up, but yes, I might, that, I might just let was, you talk go ahead, about strange. it. No, just go ahead. You can, I'll let Man, you talk about it. I'm sorry. That was really cool. Like he just, he shows up off a train. It's like green lantern. Like what happened to you, man? What What's going on? It's like, no, I lost my power. And then Static's like, no, I need to help my, like, he's my idol. Like, he's one of the, like, the only black superheroes out there. And I'm like, literally, that shook me. I was like, really? That was crazy, that, yeah. I, I was like, hold up. It was like, why Why would they bring that up? Because, you know, me, you know, I'm just like. But that, that, that part really, like, okay, representation's really important. That's the episode that I kind of like, okay, I get it. I get it now a little bit. All right. All right, Static. Yeah. All right, Static Shock. No, that was, that was crazy. Like that. Oh, that and was... like, since we're talking about the Static, I'm not going to make this a Static podcast. I promise, guys. <laughs> um, but since we're also on the Static, we got to talk about a Nazi who was another dope guy. I character. loved a like, Nazi. A Nazi was yes. like the fact that they bought him back multiple times showed how popular he was. That dude was <laughs> a menace. Like, absolute menace in the best way like when he would just ride on the bottom of static's like thing oh my god he's the most trolly of superheroes ever and we need more of him everywhere he is oh my god and the just the fact that that's like a true folk tale like an African proverb too like it's just like oh my god like the way McDuffie was just going on like WB please come back and give us some more prime content like this (laughs) But um, no, Kells, you're 100% right that, like, you know, these were two pivotal characters at the early turns of the 2000s that brought us into kind of like the grand folly of the, not folly, that's the wrong word, grand, what's it called when things fall down in like a positive way? Probably volley, like a a mass uh, distribution yeah. of something. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, Like arrows. Yeah, like... Yeah, greatness. Okay. Like everywhere. Yeah. Greatness. Like a L'Oreal commercial, but with greatness <laughs> instead of hair. Um, Zod, did you have any characters that kind of stick out to you on the list we have or anybody that you want to mention? <laughs> okay. I'm just wondering. I thought you actually had a transition there. Are you just like, no, help me, please. Let's go <laughs> move on to something else. It's a pitch. It's uh, a pitch. I'm pitching it to you. <laughs> to swing. Uh, one of the ones I really liked watching as a kid was number five from Conan Kids Next Door. She was the cool kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was literally, uh, everyone else had their own gimmick or whatever. Number five was just number five. <laughs> number five was just like, I've, I think there was literally an episode where they're like, number five. Is number five, and then she just walked away. I think I just—I <laughs> don't know. I think it was like when re- they were trying to get I them to do something. I don't remember that ever happening, but oh, I believe it. <laughs> that's when the the baby was trying to film them for like a TV series. That's yeah, exactly what, and they were trying to get them to do some dumb stuff. <laughs> number five was like, "I'm done with this." <laughs> <I don't laughs> <see a part laughs> nah, man, that ain't me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just walks out. <laughs> 
And then there was also like the episode, um, the number five episodes were just so fun for me. Like, they were. The fourth flavor episode was like a whole vibe <laughs> and just like. That, that was some Indiana Jones type shit that she always went on those types of adventures, like, and they were all sweet themed. That's a, I'm like, I really vibe with number five. She over here with the sweet tooth, like me, going on like this blurpleberry jewel adventure or whatever. Yeah, uh, and then with Heinrich, <laughs> Heinrich was yeah. that. That was that was like her arch nemesis. Besides, oh, yeah. uh, oh right, besides, the German uh, kid. Oh yeah, he was like I'm Schnitzel, like I'm just in like oh yeah, he had the sprinkles, and then she was like oh, yeah, put sprinkles. They're local on Nazi joke. The the delightful kids from down the lane had the sprinkles. Okay, Heinrich yeah. was he was their Nazi those, joke. Yeah, oh, okay, pretty much. You know, it's wild at how diverse, like in all aspects, going name kids next door was. We had like. Nigel, the bald, you know, leader, which you didn't really see any kid, I feel like, being bald outside of the Rugrats because they didn't have hair yet. But, like, Nigel was literally so stressed. He lost all his hair at, like, age eight or nine. And then, you know, number two, the porkly kid. Uh, Number three, the, like, you know, Asian Asian wallaby. Or, sorry, number four. It's like, I always call him wallaby. Number four, just, he's Australian, so he's Australian and he's just so dumb and I love it. Like the fact <laughs> that he can't spell anything. Um and then number Orc. five, you know, the black character was cool. Like it was it was such a like treat to have the Conan Kiss Next Door, but when we had the Conan Kiss Next Door. Like mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like I feel like it would be too kind of like watered down today. Like very much. It would kind of be like, I don't know, like there's a show. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like Total Drama Island, like daycare or something. Like, oh no. I, I've heard of it. It's a show. I know what if. Yeah. Yeah. When y'all have yeah, little people in that, your family, like nieces and nephews, you'll I, probably see some feel, weird stuff from no, your childhood I've, that they've trying to brought back. I feel sorry for your niece and nephews that they have to grow up with that and they have to watch a whole episode about the fart fairy. Um, <laughs> Wait, so you know about so that. You, <laughs> I know about that. <laughs> See, all I know is that it exists. You know about the fart fairy, so you're deeper than I am. I told them <laughs> to go watch, like, something I shouldn't have. I think it was like, you know, go go watch Berserk. Get some go culture. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Band of the Hulk. See, that's why you carry DVDs around. <laughs> you just pop an episode of these in. Yeah. See, We're going to turn you to a weeb early, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, they can already, hey, you'd be proud. They can recite the Sailor Moon theme song, bro. Fighting uh, English and Japanese. But yeah, what's that? I said English and Japanese. Bro, don't do this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the anyway. Spanish they version. They got that's one, the one of them down, they're working on the others. Yeah. Hey, they even do the music, too. They do the dun 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 Yeah. Do you do that? No, you just start singing. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, um, definitely, though. Yeah, so um, off of that tangent, I, like... No, number five is a great um, one. One for me that I also like really mess with in those same vein. Um, Fillmore, like Fillmore was that cool. Like I feel like Zog. I know that I've tried to get you to watch Fillmore before, but I couldn't find it to get you to watch. But I'm still on the hunt. Hunt. <laughs> like I'm not gonna buy a bootleg and Blu-ray <laughs> off Amazon or um, eBay because I've seen them there the but I don't trust those. The back alley <laughs> downtown. But Fillmore like, is a body of art. If nothing else, 
for the line that his ex from his past, these kids are in <laughs> middle school, mind you, like tries to set him up like to help her like get away from a job, like do something like bad or I got attention Man. or something. So she has this dinner to like kind of course him to help her. And he's like, I won't help you. I'm sick of like taking the dive for you because I used to do that. Like basically she used to use him and abuse him. He's like, I'm not doing that for you anymore. You got to turn yourself in tomorrow or I'm coming for you. And then he's like, by the way, the chicken was dry. And then walks out. That chicken was dry and he closed the garage door. Oh, God man. damn. Like, I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah, it was it was great, man. Fillmore was really built different. And like his name was Cornelius Fillmore. And he was the coolest safety patrol. Voiced, what's that? Voiced by Orlando Brown. Yes, it was... <laughs> Maybe that's why we can't find that DVD. <laughs> that's probably what. He, yeah. Hey, he's oh, returned, man. Shit. He made a song. I'm glad. I'm glad he found God. Yeah, he's got. He went to reformatory. He's doing good, man. He's so. Come on, Disney. Like the dude. Yeah. If you can put Sticky back in the Proud family, we can get Fillmore on Blu-ray, please. Speaking of Proud family. We are hey, the entire family. cast of the Proud family, family is family. literally family. Yes, I don't know. Just just watching it, you don't. We had really a whole think podcast like, on that one, so yeah. No, when when you're young and you're watching like the Proud family, you don't really even think about what color they are. You don't care. They're just wonderful characters, and kind of what this list also represents is like their characters aren't just black. They're not stereotypically black. They're just characters. And the Proud family really opened like my eyes personally to a lot of culture. So like talking about the Kwanzaa episodes and everything, we did talk about that on the podcast. Go watch it. Uh, Proud family pod or listen to it. I don't even know if we uploaded it or not on YouTube. It's so nice. That's you'll find uh, it. I think that was before video, but <laughs> yeah, Spotify, you can find it. There'll be a link <laughs> down below. Right. Uh, but definitely. I, <laughs> But definitely, I agree. Um, by using other relatable features for an audience that is not uh, that does not look like the what is being shown to you, you know, the the family portion, uh, the comedy, um, that's a way to connect with the audience to then expose them and introduce them to facets they may not ever be around wherever they may be, you know. Um, because a lot of being a child is just being wherever your family takes you, depending on your situation, depending on your geographic location, uh, depending on the opinions of your family, you may not ever have the opportunity, uh, to, to build relationships, but being exposed and like broadening the picture of your mind is so important, especially at an early age. Um, so a show like, uh, the proud family that is just, Let's show, you know, a kid's cartoon based around a black family uh, is so pivotal in in introducing uh, so much more to a broader audience. Yeah. And I know we've talked about a lot about Western animation, but I feel like it's really opened the door as well in um, Eastern, uh, you know, Eastern animation like. A lot of even though anime is primarily made for people in Japan, um, they kind of have taken notice that there is like a larger outreach and maybe just be 
you know, more so inclusive or anything, or just like, you know, just show people around the world since it's opened up to around the world. Yes, we like care about people that look like you as well. Um, the prolific Oda, um, creator of One Piece, uh, did this <laughs> thing like five or six years ago. I don't remember the exact time where he said where all the straw hats would be from in the real world. And there had always been this debate beforehand if, you know, which character was what and this and all that. Um, and, of course, it came out, you know, there's obvious Zoro's from Japan. Sanji was from France. Luffy was from Brazil. That survives in people. But Usopp was indeed confirmed to be from Africa if he was from the real world. Like, and a lot of people were, like, shocked because One Piece was running from a time where there wasn't really, you know, that many lead um, black anime characters. Like, we had, you know, some secondary characters like um, Black Lagoon or, you know, just characters kind of in the background throughout that, but seeing like a primary, like, you know, straw hat one piece being as huge as it is. That was kind of crazy. That was a really opening door a lot for, you know, anime characters in that time frame. Like another one is like Yodorichi from bleach. who was Afro Latino, like, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, Spanish and black. So that was really cool seeing that and seeing all these other characters, like, open up was there any characters like from anime that you guys you know have found over the years that you really gel with of the you know descent um, of africa <laughs> since uh you bring up bleach with that one <laughs> i'll also throw out uh yasatora sato or as most people know him chad like, chad Mexican, is a real chad japanese he is a he's a mutt he's from everywhere he's got a bit of everything in him basically and especially a bit of a wrong car. Um, no. no, that's unfactual. I'm still making my way through bleach. <laughs> I'm just like waiting for the moment. I'm just waiting for the moment when they're like a wrong car. <laughs> still hasn't happened. Definitely no, a bit out of eBay that's though. Goddamn. <laughs> not probably not factual. No, <laughs> <was> like <laughs> Chad Ho Ichigo. Like <laughs> that happening? Nah, nah, Chad nah, would nah, be nah, the nah, one nah. guy to never do that. He's too damn loyal. Yeah. Chad, a yes. real one. True facts. Like, Chad the goat, though, like, man, his, some like I'm not fully caught up on Bleach either. So, so, but the fights I have seen with him so far, I'm like, you go, Chad, you go. Is he the Chris so Bleach? Unfortunately, uh, kind of. <laughs> he's the one guy. He's way stronger than people ever give him credit for. But the problem is, he's surrounded by the strongest people ever. <laughs> so, yeah. And Not, he keeps running nothing into he the does comes enemies. off as impressive as it should. Which, even, when you have Krillin, the so strongest bad. human ever, I guess, yeah. I guess that's exactly his place. Yeah. Damn. I mean, what they're known for, what Krillin and Chad are both known for, are being the friends who will f stay by you even in the hardest of times. The power of friendship. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah man. <laughs> but no, no, Chad, Chad a goat. Um, who else? Who else? Y'all got from like? All right. What? So we have a, a whole ass podcast. Of course we do <laughs> about this show over on your typical show and protagonist available on all your podcasters. Um, but it's Afro Samurai. So this whole project was Samuel Jackson voicing the main character of an anime with the RZA doing the opening and some of the music it's like could we and it's a violent gory adventure to like be the greatest like 
Man, if there's a show that is like right in my wheelhouse, it's Afro Samurai. Afro Samurai is a whole vibe. Like it is like it's super short, but it like delivers. And it's and his name's Afro Samurai. You know, you never get it's like just the lore of so much that's kind of like left out is just such a vibe, man. And like the story, like just you know how the path that he's like taking to get this and why he's doing it. It's such a vibe, you know, it's like, I feel like I've said it's such a vibe like 12 times, but it, it really is. It's a vibe. A vibe. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, I want to be the number one swordsman under the sun after this. Yes. Which is not a path you choose. It's not a path you, if you want to live a life, you don't choose to be the greatest swordsman under the sun, but due to circumstances, that is your path. You have to be. It is wild. It's gory, you know, so go into it ready, but just know you're going to leave ready as well. It's coming in ready. Wu-Tang is ready. for the children. That's all Wu-Tang I'm saying. Wu-Tang is forever. But what about you, Caleb? Strange. Strange. Uh, me. <laughs> I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> oh, just... oh, my God. All right. Sorry. Uh, honestly, a uh, character I do enjoy just simply because of comedy and because he is quite powerful, I'm going to pivot back towards One Piece because, of course, I am. Kuzan, the ice ice guy. Kuzan, Pretty, Kuzan he, is really Kuzan's fun. Kuzan. He does what he wants. Lazy justice. So, that's what he stands for. As someone who is not versed past episode 64 of <laughs> <laughs> I won't go. Piece? I won't go into describe detail. to I, I, me. I, you got to What a Kuzan is. Kuzan is Kuzan. Absolute beast. He's one of the three admirals. One of the strongest people in the world. Um, he's mm-hmm. a Logia fruit user of the ice fruit. Um, okay. So continue. This man is so <laughs> sure. dope, right? Everybody in One Piece uses a boat or something else, and Devil Devil Fruit uses once they get wet. They're, they can die because they can't swim and they'll drown. So uh-huh. everybody has like a boat and, you know, other people with them. Aokiji bicycles across the ocean, <laughs> making an ice play like Ice Man. This man is a fiend. Uh-huh. This man, like, Aokiji is a goat. There's so many other feats and things he does. Like, there's this one character who goes to go kill Aokiji's homie. And he's like about to like stab him through the throat, like kill him. And Aokiji's like mm-hmm. taps him on the shoulder from behind after like wandering in the world because some stuff happens. He's like, hey man, could you not? And the character's like, nah, screw you. And goes to kill Aokiji's friend. Aokiji just like freezes everything. Like he really just has to freeze like five feet. This man freezes everything. Nah. And he's like, nah, you, you ain't doing this. Like, I'm the, just like, especially if it's in a big public area. Uh, nah, show a force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's a goat. You don't fuck with my people. He a goat, man. Oh, and by the way, when he freezed the dude who was about to kill him and all of the enemies, he didn't freeze his friend. He had that much power and control. He froze everybody except the person who was right next to him. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to take that away from you, Strange. But Aokiji, no, you're is fine. The goat. You, like favorite admiral. Probably, so you did so much so, could, so. very short. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? Because we know that fuck the Navy. Yeah. Depending on yeah. characters we know. You know, that's kind of the vibe. Aokiji is ambiguous, and that's why we rock mm. with him. Because he was... Okay. 
Yeah. Mad spoilers for people, so I'm not going to go into it, but Aokiji did some stuff. He low-key <laughs> in a position to basically fuck the whole world government up slash not do it. So I'm like, my my G, so we going to see. Uh, just just any moment with him, I, I do love. I actually, I love his character. The fact that he was ready to kill a homegirl if she didn't answer his question correctly made me so happy. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm a good guy, but... Well, he's like, he's not a good, he's like, I'm not your good guy. I believe in my convictions. Like, you can get Rick Road if you in my way. So, I appreciate Aokiji. He's like a, he's like a Vegeta character, but nice. Er. All right. Rounding this out, what episode <laughs> number do I have to get to to like learn about? You <laughs> not ask me episodes on the back. Um, <laughs> like, what episode do you meet him For in? <laughs> First half or second half? I suppose that's all oh, yeah, I really need to know. Yeah, you see him in first It's half. within the first 500 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really help. You see him in his lobby. In his lobby. No, no, I can tell you the three, specific episode he pops 26. up in. Okay, what specific episode? Okay, episode 227. Okay, is when okay I was off by 101, up. so that's fine. <laughs> that's part of the problem but it's exciting that there are characters as such that can be so engaging you know uh definitely i agree a hundred percent like we gotta talk about this we gotta talk about the whole village hidden in the smoke too in Naruto. <laughs> and that's the cloud village like okay i'm like that's <laughs> yeah, the cloud village is but definitely. Yes. Well, okay, they're called because they just own it. They got like what two Jinchuriki, maybe three Killer B, uh, one of the dopest characters, bodied Sasuke like he was a ragdoll for five minutes straight, and that was primo, <laughs> primo Naruto man. Like I like seeing him toss him, and then Sasuke just be like, I can't see. He blinded me, <laughs> like. You had a cursed, basically tailless beast on your team, Karin. So he gets to end like the Sharingan, Magiko, and you still got bodied by this man going One two guy. percent try mode. He One wasn't guy. even trying. Man said two percent. He got bored and left the fight and had them fighting the clone. And they thought they captured. This. Yeah, no, that was Wait. funny. I was like, "Are they ever fighting the clone?" For no, half they the time? didn't. Yeah, he did. No, they. They left a piece of him behind, and that's what the eight tails used to uh, keep him keep himself from getting captured. He traded out the uh, t- piece of the tail they got cut off. Yeah, and they thought they had the real one. And he was like, was "I'm a- done fighting. I don't care anymore." So he left. <laughs> he could have came back and buy them from behind, like, and he didn't even beast bomb like he could have. Like, Killer B wasn't even trying. He was low diff in that. And then his brother A, another dope character of the African descent, I think, um, was like, "Yo, the Raikage, yeah, the Raikage, put some respect." <laughs> the Raikage, the leader of the village hidden in the smoke, aka Clouds, um, was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go kill Sasuke. You can't go kill Sasuke. He's friends with the main character. I don't give a f who your main character is, bro." Like, and then Naruto tried to stop him. He's like, listen, I still don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he went, and then Sasuke thought he was going to give smoke to the Raikage. So he like had his arm, and he's like, oh, this arm? Cut that hole off. No regret. Beat the brakes off Sasuke, man. Listen, so- 
I know main characters has plot, but no one has stronger plot than Sasuke in that Hokage meeting art because he almost got body. Nearly died like a hundred yeah, times. That, that was plot that kept that man alive. Like every Kage there except Tsunade almost killed that man. Like he thought he was hot. Like well, Tsunade wasn't even there. It was Donzo. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah, every Hokage. Yeah, yeah. every Hokage. Who Sasuke murdered. Yeah. Fucking Which, you know, that intro when he rolled in at the Five Kage Summit yeah, that was, was clean. Was lit. Yeah. But then the writing not me. Come on, Sasuke. But yeah. Yeah. Like that was But definitely the Raikage cutting off his fucking arm, man. <laughs> like, I would do whatever it takes. Like both showing the conviction of the Raikage and the commitment to like what it means to be a Kage. And then when he told C, I don't even care. I consider you my right arm anyway. And I was like, this man just spitting bars out here. Like, and can we talk about the naming convention of the Cloud Village? A, B, C, D. Like, hey, it's easy. You know? I don't know if there was an E, but like, I'm sure there was. Like, uh, like I'm just, and I think like once you become a part of that group, you lose your name and get an A, B, C. Salt like syllable name, so that's pretty wild. Like maybe it's because like I mean, go ahead. I don't know. I was gonna say, is it like a soldier thing, or it's like yeah, right, it's like a cohesion your thing. Soldier like, thing. Yeah, yeah. So like, and shout out to the Raikage for never getting the arm back. Unlike some people, <laughs> coward. <laughs> You just mad thing. Yes, you because he's the only one. He's the only one who gets his arm removed who gets it back. Yes, coward. I'm just mad that Guy Sensei still has legs. I am mad. Guy Sensei could have <laughs> died like a warrior. Spoilers. And then freaking anyway. Naruto was like, I'll cuck you. And I'm like, what? I'm whoa, just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, okay. whoa. I'm like, going to say you're wrong because you're not, but <laughs> bit much, just bit like, much. <laughs> All I'm saying is with these characters, Wu-Tang Killer B, I'm on a swarm. The Wu-Tang is having an influence on Japanese animation and characters even deeper. Like, this is some JoJo's level shit, mm-hmm. man. Like, <laughs> except for one of the big three. Yes. Like, like, I mean, it wasn't the Digi Rat, but Killer B was spitting <laughs> bars. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Bro. <laughs> like, and then the weird, like, Infinite Sukiyomi dream where they, like, the Jinchuriki were Power Rangers and Killer B looked so dope in the all white fit. Like, that he, was primo Naruto for me. <laughs> like, he mostly that, wears white anyway, so. Yeah, but this was all white. Like, it was like he was at a P. Diddy event, if you know what that means, in the Hamptons. Yeah, okay. Um, so. <laughs> I. But no, like, All moving right. on back to, like, some other, like, Western characters, like, Sock and Katara from Avatar Last Airbender. Like, Katara was, like, I want to say, I feel like the first, I'm not going to say the first, like, African-American lead female, well, but I feel like she was for Nickelodeon. I forget the uh, actual uh, name for the tribe, but they're based off an actual, like, uh, Alaskan. Yeah, some no, Alaskan, Alaskan but, uh, Wait, no. Not Eskimo. 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 Yeah. yeah. An actual Eskimo tribe. Yeah. Uh, I forget the actual name of it. The Inuit. Inuit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. No. Uh, but yes. Um, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say Avatar The Last Airbender was also one of those that just kind of showed a nice variety of characters. And here we have two of our main leads 
not white. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of refreshing. Except for the movies. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> what movie? There's no movie. <laughs> so what let's remake? talk about this <laughs> shortly. Um, so definitely the diversity in in Avatar The Last Airbender um, is very important and kind of unmentioned. You know, it's 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 vital and irrelevant at the same time to the story. You know, um, it's it's important for showing the differences in cultures. Yeah. But in terms of our main characters, it is not in terms of the, the relationships and people being people, right? But the last airbender of the movie decided to say, fuck everything we were going to go with uh, in terms of influencing and, you know, the actual cultural references uh, and I, cast it, I would say, incorrectly. But very... <laughs> Very incorrectly, like I mean, not even just for the fact of what they look you, like. Just the acting ability was trash. Uh, yeah, if it's yes. one thing if you change the way they look just because the actor is that damn good for the role, uh, you just got to make the hard choice at that point. But when the directing, writing, and everything else to do with it is presenting the character as let's say a plank of wood, <laughs> yeah. You can at least make them look similar to the show. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm like, this isn't Ed, Ed, and Eddie. This yeah. isn't Plank. Like, <laughs> we're not supposed to be booking wood. Shout out to Johnny. Uh, but in terms of Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, yeah, it's crucial. Like the variety, the variety is so important. Mm-hmm. It's like, like all the cultures they they go across, like they come across in the entire world of avatars. Like just. It's so diverse and it's so refreshing, just each location. Even within the Earth Kingdom, there's just mm-hmm. so many different, like, facets. cultures and everything yeah. and facets, yeah. And you got, like, speaking of Earth Kingdom, man, Boomy. Boomy the goat. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But no, like, just seeing <laughs> what honor means in those different regions of the world, too, is, like, crazy. Like, mm-hmm. like Zuko alone was, like, such a good, you know, encapsulation of that, like... Just again, we have a podcast on after our last Airbender too, so I'm not trying to. <laughs> and sit we here and readily talk about mentioned that. it in almost um, every one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just be, so much greatness going on. But you know what else we mentioned in our other podcast that we haven't gotten to yet? Something totally we haven't done a podcast on, but is very important. Yes, Monique and Wade from Kim Possible. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Monique and Wade. Two primo, primo black characters who, like, and again, as a kid, seeing Wade as a man in the chair, the super genius, like, that was so super important because he wasn't an athlete. He wasn't, you know, like, Mr. Cool Kid. He wasn't, like, you know, like, just this. He was Wade. He was a super genius tech guy. Like, I feel like he set the way for the Tuckers and Danny Phantoms and the, Mm -hmm. you know, other shows that, like... AJ, yeah, the AJ and Fairly yeah. Odd Parents and stuff like that, which I think may have happened at the same time. I don't know, but they were around around the same time, uh, kind yeah. of like, oh, the, the, that's one character doesn't just have to be the jock. Like the skin color doesn't specifically mean you're the sporty guy. You can yeah, be smart. You can be whatever you want. You know, the, the, meaning we don't have to play into stereotypes. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yes, 
very important. But um, and then Monique was like the best friend that, even though like they were girls, I was like, I need a Monique, and then I found one. Um, but in guy form, of course. Well, no, he's not at all like Monique, but. I actually have a cousin I'm named I'm money. like, who's but your anyway, <laughs> um, You, like, Kels, you're my money. Aw. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Get your fashion degree so we can just make drip and work for Kanye West. Um, but no, Ooh. so. Smile down the runway, boys. <laughs> We're out here. But Monique was such like, she was the support system for Kim. Like, a lot of people think it was Ron. What you know, Ron 100% was there for, you know, Kim, but like Monique was there in a different way because Monique was there, like you know, reassuring her. Because in Ron's eyes, Kim could do everything, but Monique was there when Kim couldn't do everything, was there when Kim needed a reality check, which I thought was super important. It really makes me want to rewatch Kim Possible now on Disney Plus. Um, but no, Monique and plug, Wade, plug. <laughs> you plug, hey, 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 <laughs> plus. hey yeah, you know I'll take a saying? sponsorship. You throw me some money and I throw you some content. You know what you're saying, boy? This oh. episode is <laughs> sponsored by. <laughs> but yeah, so Monique and Kim were great characters, and Monique and Wade, sorry, Kim yeah, was also well, a great like, character. Not right, saying I mean, that she's not. <laughs> but Monique and Wade were great um, characters who fit into the facet. And we're just, you know, really, like, iconic characters. Like, I feel like they set the way for a lot of good trends. Um, but what I was going to say, Kels, was our iconic step on me energy that we do here. Um, and two strong <laughs> black queens who are waifus. Monique. Boom. Yes. yes. You got yes. a point there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. A literal, literal waifu who will probably step on you. Miracle from My Hero Academia, like, is Hell, she can jump I on me. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> Hibana from Fire Force. I yes, was strange if you had waited, but no, yes, her too. Because I mean, she's she literally steps on people, like, she yeah, is like, literally, actually, she is like, like, there's a meter now with step on me energy. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. We're like, you have like, anyways, there's always levels to things, and yeah, so. there's, there's always certain levels to this. And these, I feel like, you know, <laughs> Yodorichi, Yodor, Yodorichi, kind of set the preeminence because, you know, she was, I, feel, I don't want to say she was the first black waifu, but I feel like she was definitely one of waifu. the first. <laughs> and, and hopefully not your last dog. Um, nope. <laughs> but then <laughs> moving through that, like seeing, you know, current artists like Horikoshi use Miriko, who is... You know, like there was like divisiveness when she came out because a lot of people, sadly, in the medium of any Twitter and stuff, or or just, just people. vile people, yeah, just don't want to be attracted to certain things. So they got mad at her that she was black and an attractive figure portrayed like that. Which, you know, and yeah, and that's basically what Horikoshi <laughs> said. He was like, I don't care. I'm still gonna like. Give her integral parts. That's like my design. Still, that my character. Yeah. I'm a user. So we got Miriko, who was a badass queen. I can't wait for Vital C season six of my hero for the non MAGA readers. Oh. She does have her moments. Don't you worry. Um, but pivoting <laughs> to like Strange said, Princess Ebana from Fire Force, like she is a whole chief, like in charge of her own group. Also, shout out to Miriko for being the number six pro hero, I believe. Right, yes. five six. or six, yeah. Yes, yeah. Being, yeah, five. I think being like super important, super echelons, 
and not having like a super flashy power, like hard work, perseverance. She's not like she oh, is I have, bunny girl. Yes, I can't incinerate the world or like have a thousand wings go and save everybody at one time. I'm literally I can't turn a bunny into a Fuck endeavor. I can't turn into a dragon or spit fire. Yeah, all right. But she a jump on you. Side note: How you gonna she turn into a whole me. ass dragon and still be number ten? Like what? <laughs> like just I. But anyway, <laughs> I'm like, I like questions again. again. There are different levels of dragons, and they get slayed all the time. But true. I will repeat, cause fuck Endeavor. Okay. <laughs> this man right, will not how, be satisfied until, <laughs> if possible, Endeavor dies. Like, I feel like then you'll yeah, be like, he died no. and left his family alone. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He was alive when he left his family alone. Dang. Um, True story. But, but um, th- I guess I, I guess we're not here talking about Endeavor. Uh, yeah, that's for later. Uh, but okay, if there's a, if there's a fucking step on me in a scale, because of course there is. There's always a scale. All right. What is the scale, and where do these characters land? Huh? State facts. Wow, this is hard because I want to off rip. I want to give them both a ten. So, but like, there's what there's is the a 10? starting? No, there's a starting part of the scale. Uh, it, numbers are relative. Starting part of the scale where it's like like they are a boss woman and they will do whatever they want, like you know, to get with it. Like Cynthia, okay, like she'd do whatever. She do what she does. What Cynthia does. And then we got Hibana over here, literally steps on people, and then, <laughs> and then so guess, from Eden Zero, the the mom who has step on me energy, but is like on the scary, the, the scary. She don't have step part. on me energy. Her step on oh, energy is no. canceled for what she did. No, 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 no. A, no. no. Homura has step on me energy, sir. Okay, I'll give you that one. There she <laughs> murdered someone. <laughs> It, basically, the start, All the, right. well, the one on the scale is the boss ass bitch, and it just keeps going up from there. <laughs> Pretty much. So from your, like, literally, we have seen you step on people. That's the scale. Yes. Basically, okay. you become so Mirakoing, who will literally step on people. Mirako, where does she land on the I have actually stepped on people scale? Because we're fucking doing this. <laughs> oh, like, I think she's like eight or a nine, easy. Yeah, I give her a strong 8.5. And Princess Hibana, I give her a 10 because she literally shoves her heel into someone's forehead and she's actually like super powerful. And the only reason she lost because of plot. Um, because her <laughs> fire control ability is super dope and plot. Um, but also her plot. Oh, um, okay, so <laughs> she's basically just fiery right. as death. <laughs> You're thinking about her right now. Well, she's not a murderer, so... Mahomura is so. What's the problem? It was a murder by accident slash passion. It's, so it's not hey, like self defense murder, still murder. But yeah. I, mean, I mean, all we know is she gonna rep for her set, and I appreciate that. We need more of people like that on the Eden. So like on the Eden Zero. But yeah, now they're both I mean, they're both pretty solid uh, characters. <laughs> so I mean, like I would I would give Hibana a ten, and I would give. Miracle at eight point five. I'll give Yodorichi a nine, and I would give. Anyways, this is not that podcast. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, um, but you know who's crazy? Okay, not you. Not not who's crazy. But oh wow! <laughs> you know what's crazy? That what? a lot of people don't know this, but Brock from Pokemon is actually black. Like. He was actually it's removed. <laughs> Don't know this. Yeah, people went with the yeah. whole thing that they're all Asian, so none of them are black, none of them are white, blah blah blah. But Brock is actually I'm, black. 
And he was removed from Pokemon and replaced with Tracy because Japanese audience, like the Japanese group were worried that people might find him offensive. So when Tracy came in and everyone (laughs) hated Tracy, they're like, let's bring Brock, Brock, bring Black Bring back, Bring back Brock. Brock. <laughs> and everybody was happy. And oh I know God. I was happy because I felt like my guy tutored under Professor Ivy, the baddest chick in the Pokemon universe. Um, and anime canon only, so who knows what actually happened. We'll never know. Um, but no, Brock was honestly... If we take away Pokey Girls, like Pokey Bosses, <laughs> um, strong Pokemon step on under Symphies and Claire's, Brock is my favorite character because he was the only. Co- okay, literally after Misty stopped returning, <laughs> Brock was the only competent character. Like after Misty was like, "I'm gonna go be the Cerulean gym leader," Brock being like, "Yo." I got you, Ash. I'll stop what I'm doing to come to this bum-ass continent because you got out here and lost a Snivy. Like, the hell is this? A Snivy. You're <laughs> level 1,058 Pikachu that knows all these broken moves lost to a Snivy. But Brock, type of finish. Fuck your type of finish, Ash. Like, you out here. Anyway, sorry. That's a whole nother podcast and argument. But no, Brock was like <laughs> yes. a whole dope character. He had goals and aspirations. Like we're actually seeing him achieve these goals. He's coming back in Pokemon Journeys. And I believe he is like a full doctor in the series. Like nice. he went. All I'm saying is that that man said, all right, you beat the gym. You the gym leader. Well, shit, I don't got to work anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm coming on the adventure too. Yo, Brock stepping up and raising his family was like super dope. Like and having all those brothers and sisters. What was that burn he did to his mom? There was there was a whole burn or something. Oh yeah. Brock, when did you learn how to cook? This is his mom speaking. And he's like, when you and dad weren't around. <laughs> so, yeah. He said that. Because where did the mom was, go? Like they were doing something. I don't know. Traveling. I don't know. Apparently the dad just pretended to be homeless in that one city for fucking years. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> what is this about? Like, I'm just writing. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> the mom was nowhere to be found until like, what, the 50th season when they just came back to Kanto for some reason. So I'm not like 100% sure, but I believe like Brock's dad just wandering around pretending to be homeless was like one of those things that like the translation from Japanese to English kind of screwed for us. I feel like there was a more mature bit, yeah. theme there. The actual the actual reasoning was more of a the dad left to go like do a job do some jobs, do like make it big as a Pokemon trainer or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh but he failed and he realized he couldn't do it. And he was like hiding his identity out of shame. But he didn't want to be too far away, He'd be around to help out if he could. So he just pretended to be somebody else. That's fair. That's fair. Hmm. But yeah. Um, so no, shout out to Brock being great. And some other characters I just wanted to kind of not like run through, but like we gotta put respect on we do Cyborg, we do. Teen Titans, great character, mm. um, great lines. I feel like Cartoon Network kind of shied away that episode when Starfire was dealing with races. And yeah, was- Cyborg was like, I know what you're talking about. Points to his black skin. I'm half robot. I'm like, he literally put 
Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. The, the, arti- <laughs> yeah. the artist was just like, yeah, no, if you're not going to put it in the script, I'm going to put it in the art. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, all right. Um, but yeah, you know, Susie Carmichael being the sensible big kid in Rugrats because Angelica was absolutely evil. Um, I know Cynthia's character, uh, when they did the Rugrats reboot, her voice actor talked a lot about how, like, she, you know, there weren't a lot of jobs for black women back then, and Susie Carmichael was one of the first black female voice acting jobs, which was, like, crazy. Also, the voice actor for number five, fun fact, and um, many other characters. So that was really cool to, you know, hear and know. Um, Frozone, the Incredibles, iconic. Where's my super suit moment? Samuel L. Jackson, the absolute uh, goat. That was funny. Like, so, even people who haven't seen Incredibles know that line. If you haven't seen Incredibles, it's okay. It's on Disney Plus, <laughs> but please don't talk. I'm just kidding. Uh, like, <laughs> go find happiness, which is Incredibles. Um, Tucker, Danny Phantom, like I said earlier, you know. And then, uh, you know, I'm not going to take away one of your favorite possible characters, Zog, but you know who I'm talking about. Do I know who you're talking about? I think. Yes, you Danny Phantom. We went over most of them, but. Uh, oh. I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I see it right there. The yeah. Mi- Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the ultimate Spider Man himself. The best Spider Man movie. Oh, yeah, hell. It recently yeah. has become. No Way, way Home tried very hard to take that title, but no, I still say Spider Verse owns it. <laughs> no Way Home, a strong number two, though. Strong. Yeah, strong. strong number two. Like, it's like 199.7. It, it just needed more Miles. And needed more miles. Yeah, we got a little bit, sort of. <laughs> it got, it got teased. What? Don't spoil it for people who haven't oh. seen it. I killed. Literally, I'm never gonna watch this. Show. <laughs> yes, you are. You have to. I have. You have to. I have well too As much a service to your. Unless unless it's on the Look. podcast docket, it doesn't get Look, watched. Right, It'll we'll get on to. Disney Plus eventually, anyway. So. Just going to Netflix. They have the deal with Sony, so it'll be on Netflix soon. <laughs> I have to watch. I have to watch the one between this one. You'll really also be on Netflix home, for the acquisition. Homecoming, the one I did homecoming, watch, where they're in England. One of the worst Spider-Man movies ever, and then No Way Home. Yes, and it's I like stand I by that through, shit. I gotta make it through that just to get to the exciting Not part. Not really. Yeah. All you yeah. really gotta good. To, all you really gotta know is what happens at the end of that movie. That is it. Yeah, pretty much. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Logan's I say one, um, flames. What I do want to mention, I don't. Did we ever mention uh, Valerie from Danny Phantom? We no, did we not. didn't. Or Paulina. How could we not mention Valerie? Well, Paulina was more Spanish, probably. But um, you know, Valerie was a ruin. She was like, mm. "Yo, Dad was rich. Dad ain't rich no more, but the streets are." So she went. <laughs> she went and became. <laughs> Like a vigilante the, bounty ghost hunter. Like, yeah. okay. I just gotta say it. If Danny Phantom ever does come back, I want to see her and Danny running around as the town's main like protectors. Both of them like doing the job together instead of them fighting each other the whole time. And yeah. I totally ship them. Wow. I'm a proponent cool. for that relationship because that was almost a thing. And I'm like, no. No, it like, was a thing for a bit. Yeah, like, it was, for a yeah, while, honestly. it was a thing. And again, she was also voiced by the voice actor that Susie Carmichael. Now I see why she said wow. there weren't a lot of jobs because she was thinking about <laughs> <But I'm, laughs> it. She, she got them all. 
<laughs> but um, <laughs> no, like Valerie was one of those characters who I agree with you, Strange. Like Sam was kind of there, but like Valerie felt like, you know, more natural. And it was kind of weird to see Danny like kind of I felt like the way that fell out was kind of weird because it felt like it, I don't want to say I felt forced for it not to work. But it was one of those things where like, you know, she already knew his secret identity but he didn't know hers, which was an interesting, like, yeah, she Wait, knew that. Mm, no, she didn't. He knew yeah, she did. who she was. Uh, yeah. She, he knew who she was. She didn't find out about him until the finale when everyone found out. Really? I thought there were that. Yeah. There were some, like, uh, like the uh, episode where the, they fought future version, evil version yeah, of him. Future where, evil. Where uh, Val- future Valerie knew, but present uh valerie that danny knows and dated did not know until the end okay gotcha gotcha um but yeah that was like that was crazy no shout out to valerie as well um any more noticeable characters that you all yes yeah. to round us out got to give a shout out to piccolo yes <laughs> piccolo the goat <laughs> like piccolo the goat the og he, and he dragon ball goat. The big green goat. Yes. Um, Piccolo was solid. And, um, was. Is. is sorry, is. Always. Is, has hey, Piccolo he's, is. Still, he's still around always taking there. care of Pan. His. Oh, God. They need to give that man a job. Like, <laughs> they, Piccolo gotta they be. Let him <laughs> I've been standing around on my wilderness rock for. T- I remember the drip that Piccolo had. In the, the driving, drip, drip like uh, clothes beam, oh yeah. I was like, this this kind of sets it off, man. Like the hat backwards, the whole vibe. Like I'm like, this is <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so Piccolo actually taking the driest thing seriously. While Goku's just an idiot. Like I loved it. And Piccolo I mean, always came yeah. through the clutch, man. The only good part, okay, not the only good part, but one of the good, if not only great part of GT. It's Piccolo's sacrifice. Like when he died, so Goku could get off the planet. And like there was that scene between him and Gohan where Gohan was like in space and he's like, Yeah, I'm dying. So, and then when Goku, like when Piccolo was like, I gotta go to hell now to like help these hoes out. Like Piccolo was still been the go after he was dead because he got himself <laughs> sent to hell to fight freaking. He, he gets to live in paradise, not worry about shit ever again. He's just like, these bitches still in trouble. All right, fine. Send me to hell. That's who did he go there to fight to? I forgot. Oh, he, he got didn't there, go to, there to fight. He went there to, uh, because Goku was trapped in hell, he went there to op- to work with Dende to open a portal back to Earth. And that man got stuck there to the end of the series. Past the Dang. end of the series. Yeah, they never screwed. got him out. Man, screw G, bro. Like, literally, like, G just, like, G was trash. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, but. GT sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One it, of the many it reasons. Had it, yes. it had its uh, moments, but it sucks. <laughs> yes. And yes. um some other characters that like I feel like people need to go and watch. Watch Carolyn Tuesday. Carolyn is another great portrayal of an African American character. Um one half of the group, amazing songstress, great songs. I love it. Um you know, Mer what is it? Uh Mi- Miriko? No, Mirochi Mandalore from Mirochi to Hachin. I'm saying that totally wrong. Like <laughs> 
<laughs> Mikichiro, Tahachi. Anyway, it's like in we can't end the podcast without talking about the goats, right? Like Riley and Huey from the Boondocks. I'm about like, to say. <laughs> like the absolute I'm surprised goats. no one's mentioned it so far. <laughs> like the goats. We have we have an entire podcast about the boondocks. Yes. Over on your typical show no protagonist, where we've covered was it the no, it was content. Yeah, it was content breaker, breaker, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a content, content breaker episode, breaker. but it might also be there. Yeah. Where we discussed Boom Boondocks in depth, but definitely. Um that's another family that is in a different type of cartoon. RP grandpa. For a different audience, but definitely gives you that same vibe. RIP grandpa, yeah. man. Like, um, but no, for real. Go out, um, explore the diversity in the world, whether it be you know, black characters, Asian characters, other characters of like different nationalities or sexual orientations. Diversity mm-hmm. makes the world change. So we are all floating through this giant rock at hurling speeds together, going through this thing called life. And hopefully you will continue to go through this journey of life with Content Breaker in your heart and in your earphones. <laughs> I love you all. What a, what a professional. <laughs> of course, you can catch our show on all your podcatchers. We're talking Spotify, uh, Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and of course, YouTube at Content Breaker or on Twitter as well, Instagram, Content Breaker. Y'all have stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Sally Dreads with a Z where I'm on Twitter making hot takes like Ty should have ended up with Mimi or other things, you know? Man, <laughs> uh, I, I still don't understand how Ty ending up with Mimi makes any kind of <laughs> sense. Mimi is the greatest. <laughs> Yes, that's the valid part of this argument. <laughs> Ty is also why the Ty? Because Ty is because the greatest. he deserves something good. <laughs> Ty is the greatest. But just because they're the best characters doesn't mean they're the best relation. This anyway. is fair. <laughs> anyway, this is a fair point. Talk, talk, talk about it on on uh, Static Dreads Twitter and tell him his hot take is weird. I, <laughs> right. I still say it would have been she would have been better off with Izzy. <laughs> should have been uh, anyways are they actually any, <laughs> anyways we'll deal with that later my turn. strange you can find me at strangely ant on twitter and you could find me strangely entertaining on the youtubes as well where i am sometimes uploading my subnautica series with my wife and then you can also find me on twitch tuesdays or thursdays 7 p.m central standard time that's twitch.tv forward slash strangely entertaining and Thursdays. Or. Or. Sometimes my or, schedule doesn't work out. Well, it'd be like that. And of course, you can catch the other product on uh, all your podcatchers as well at your typical Shonen protagonist. Sog, what are we talking about next week? That's a good question. Uh, are we doing the Rhesus movie or did we change that to Fox Machina? We're doing Vox Machina. Vox Machina. <laughs> all right. Somebody didn't change that on the schedule. <laughs> it's. Damn it, Static. (laughs) (laughs) Curse you. I'm just kidding.